Good afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday afternoon, and it is now time for Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Hey, fetch. Hey, fetch. Quiet, quiet. Go ahead. She's she's asking a question. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. Hey, fetch. Did that woman really say you have garnets of steel and a mind like a freaking laser? Mary, you can't be asking questions like that. This is Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Why not? Aren't we broadcasting from the Middle East? Well, yeah, but we might be seen as being politically incorrect. You know, the problem is everybody dumps people when there's a, like a sign of, of political incorrectness. Echan, you're always politically correct. Heck, thanks. Does, does that mean we can talk about dumping the Israelis tomorrow? Oh, I'm sure you will probably say quite a bit more than that. And now coming to you live from somewhere in the Middle East, this is Inside the Eye Live Primetime with your host, The Fetch. All right, everybody. Thank you, Mary, for that. Thank you very much for that, Mary. I should say something like that. It is indeed The Fetch coming to you live from Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia, where we are just having a fantastic, I guess, new winter day here. It's, uh, oh, I don't know. It's what, December 25th already here? Christmas already here in, in Riyadh. But a very Merry Christmas Eve to all of you listening in the United States and Canada. And, uh, I guess the far western parts of Europe still, you're on Christmas Eve. And a very Merry Christmas to all of you listening in Asian time zones. And of course, wherever you are listening out there on the World Wide Web or FM and micro FM broadcasting outlets may all be well with you and yours. Winter solstice has, of course, come and gone. And tomorrow we will witness what is perhaps the most enduring of all holidays within Western traditions, and that is, of course, the Christmas holiday. It's, uh, of course, with the first week of winter, it's becoming a bit wintry here in Riyadh as daytime highs hit only 68 degrees under largely hazy skies, and we're currently sitting at around 55 degrees at just after 2 o'clock in the morning, and we're going to be going down to an overnight low of 50 degrees in the hour before sunrise. Skies are currently partly cloudy, and winds are coming in at a mild 7 miles per hour out of the north, and actually my studio is facing north. And I open the window, and I bet you my knees and my feet are going to be kind of semi-frozen, though, by the time this goes, I'll probably have to get up sometime in a break and shut that. But it's nice fresh air coming in the window right now. Winter has rung up quite a fury over some parts of the United States. And that is going to make for a really, 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 really cold Christmas this year. For some of you out there, strong winds, bitter colds have really slammed into the Dakotas, Minnesota, and parts of Wisconsin on Thursday. That would be today. And the region is digging out of what was a pretty big winter storm that closed many interstate highways and grounded quite a few flights in those areas. You're talking about winter weather here. It's minus 40 degrees in some parts. At least that's where the lows got down to, a minus 40 degrees in North Dakota and Minnesota. And, of course, growing up in Los Angeles from parents who were from the Midwest, from North Dakota and Minnesota, we probably endured once or twice or three times a year about how they had to trounce through minus 40 degree weather to get to school. So why are we complaining about going to school on a rainy day in sunny and warm California? 
Anyways, it's quite dangerous. Uh, be careful if you're in those areas. You can get frostbite literally within about 10 minutes, according to the National Weather Service. Me, I would probably get frostbite in about two and a half seconds, but uh, that's just because I'm just not used to that type of weather. Anyways, you're talking about quite a change. It was like 57 degrees yesterday in Milwaukee. They're going to be seeing temperatures below zero. And in zero, I'm not sure where zero is on the Fahrenheit scale, but that would be like, I don't know, minus minus 17 maybe, something like that, minus 16 Fahrenheit. Uh, so it's going to be very, very cold. But hell, if you thought that was bad, try being an iguana. That's right. Try being an iguana in Florida. It's so cold in Florida, in Florida this winter. You've got iguanas literally falling out of the trees because being reptiles, uh, they need somewhat of a warm weather to stay alive. So if you go around parts of Florida, you're going to be able to just pick up iguana, and if you find iguana to be a delicacy, I guess you could have an iguana Christmas dinner because they're easy to catch right now. They're just kind of like sitting there on the ground because uh, they are just too cold to basically survive. They can survive a while, but they go into a deep shock. They fall out of the trees. So in California and other places, you know, we might have heard this is the statement, it's been raining cats and dogs, but guess what? In Florida, it is literally raining iguanas right now. And having said all that, we have a guest for you today, everybody. One of my favorites, if not my favorite guy on the airways, Mr. Graham Hart out of Cornwall is joining us in uh, the studio here, at least the virtual studio. He's actually out in Cornwall. And uh, Graham, are you standing by? Graham, are you there? He's like going, fetch. I don't want to listen to the weather. I'm out of here. Let's see. I don't okay, yeah, you there got me, Dennis. Oh, there you are. See, uh, I did such a great setup for you, man. You came right out to the iguana story. Now, how the hell is that? Well, I got it wrong. <laughs> you know, I was on mute. Well, that's probably a good thing. That's that's probably what the wife tells you to do twenty four seven. Seriously, honey, please, can you put yourself on mute? Sure, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> so you know, uh, maybe it's you're crazy, just crazy, crazy times, Dennis. Crazy you know, it times. really is. First of all, how's your holiday? You know, we're going into the Christmas oh. season. How's everything? Hey, horrible. I'd like to say. <laughs> okay, then let's move on to another subject. <laughs> How's the weather? Was just, Don't tell me the weather's horrible too because we're going to have a really slow start. It's horrible. <laughs> it's bloody freezing. It really? is absolutely bitter. I would say it's the coldest day of the year. Really? It's been really cold. You know really what? cold. And Cornwall, you know, even such a picturesque place in the world, you know, uh, I need to get there, dude. I gotta find a way to get there and check it out, man. I've seen some oh, cool absolutely. stuff about Cornwall. It's actually like an idyllic little corner of planet Earth. You're kind of like lucky it to is. be there. Would you like to trade? Yeah, some? it's fantastic. I mean, get the best weather because we're the furthest uh, southwest. We're the closest to the equator in the British Isles. Oh, yeah, take you so, close to the equator. Like, come on, guys. All <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, we're close right. to the equator, guys. <laughs> Well, now you know how the British think the guys in the UK. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> now you know how uh, so these guys think in the UK, huh? Wow. 
<laughs> You're close to the equator. Come to Riyadh, dude. That's <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's, you know, seriously, it's man. It's too early. You know, it's like, dude, you know, like, I don't even know if I step one side or the other, the bathtub spins the other way here, man. <laughs> now you don't get lost down here i don't go very far actually i'm, I'm quite a homebird i don't travel that much i'm not great on traveling um i've been to i've been to california i did go there in 2000 that was wonderful you know 2000 was probably still pretty good you know oh, i was wonderful you know wonderful. where 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 in california did you go well i i flew into la and then i stayed with a friend in fresno Fresno. <laughs> yeah. All right. To all my California listeners, just remind, call in and remind Fred, Graham, how, how awesome Fresno is. <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, the weather was just amazing. And while I was there, it was Memorial Weekend. And, uh, we traveled, I don't know if it's up or down <laughs> to San Francisco. And we had uh, spent the Memorial Weekend at San Francisco at Pier 49. Oh, so that would have been, that really would have been amazing. Nice. Yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, last yeah, night, well, actually, what did you do in Frisco? Uh, you know what? I, you know what? By the way, you don't know this. This is an inside thing about California. People in Northern California, they get pissed off when you call Frisco Frisco. It's I hear San that. Francisco. It's like <laughs> San takes so long to say it's Frisco. Okay, uh, but yeah, what did you do in Frisco? Uh, we just stayed the weekend. We just went down for a couple of days. Uh, stayed one night and, and drove back again but just to see the sights, really, Dennis. And uh, I spent the whole time there on on Pier 49, just walking up and down, listening to all the various music bands and duos. Uh, it was just amazing. It was an amazing place. The weather was, as you would expect, amazing. So, yeah, it was one of the most fantastic places I've ever been. Uh, but maybe I can tell you something about California that you didn't know, Dennis, because you was raised there, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'm born and raised in Los you know, Angeles. The, you was born on the island of California. It was an island back then? It was an island in the 1700s. You can go and check out the maps. Some Something big happened. Um, some big cataclysmic event happened around, uh, I think it's the middle 1800s. And this... Um, this area, if you look at maps prior to, um, prior to, um, this great event, California is an island and the Great Lakes are not there either. And this is about, uh, historical, uh, and it's, what was the place called? Uh, Tartaria, the, the Tartarian Empire. Um, what else can I tell you about this? They used to build places, they said, for the fair. What was the, the film? Meet uh, me in the St. Chicago, Louis. Chicago World Fair. Yeah, yeah. But all those, apparently, all those fantastic buildings, etc., were built just for the fair, and then they were knocked down again. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, you know, I've heard this bit about the history of America and how some of this is really like, how would they build all of this amazing stuff and then just simply tear it back down after a year? But it was torn down. We know that. But it's like, how did they build we, we, this amazing architecture just to tear it down? That makes zero sense. Like, you know, they, now it's hidden history with Graham and the Fetch, everybody, uh, on a Christmas Eve. That's a great, I think that's a great combination, Graham. Um, 
Right. Because well, uh, I, 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 I haven't heard of all that, to be honest with you. Okay. Right. Well, I heard about it a couple of years ago, and it's sort of, of course, everything's being pushed back in the last 12 months, Dennis, with all this garbage going on. Uh, but I heard about it two years ago, the uh, the ancient, the lost empire of Tartaria. Now, if you go on and go on YouTube, uh, you'll find, and, and or Google, and, and just Google Tartaria. And uh, there's giants in it. There were giants in those days. So if you if you start looking at things like um, Stonehenge in this country and what other great buildings you got and all the great architecture around the world, if they're giants, we're talking 14, 18 foot tall, that makes a lot of sense to, as to how these buildings were constructed. Because I look at some of these structures, uh, these uh, marvelous architectural constructions, I look at them, I think, how the hell did we build them? How and what with? We never had nothing, more than ropes. It doesn't make sense. Even in my own town, I'm looking at buildings and I'm thinking, this isn't right. There's something wrong here. You know, I've also, a major, but I just to add to ahead. that, you know, going into Jordan, the Nabataeans and Petra, and then there's actually areas in northern uh, Saudi Arabia, which I'm being invited to come see, which are the ancient Petro. I don't know, the petrographs or something? They're not petrographs. I don't know what they call them. But they're basically the Nabataean southern summer headquarters or the winter headquarters. And it's even more spectacular than Petra in Jordan. And when you go into these areas, they are so freaking big. It's like, why would, why would anybody like us be building these things, quite frankly. Because they're so massive. I mean, like, why would we be bothering with something that big in the side of a mountain? You know, to, exactly. it just doesn't make sense, to be honest with you. Because they're yeah, so freaking massive. It's like, damn. Yeah. Well, it's the doors as well. If you look on the, look at the doors on these, uh, these country buildings as well. Why are they so big? Why, why have you got doorways that are like 12, 14 foot high? Why, why do you walk into a, a church and you've got these huge ceilings? If you put things in perspective with a giant, then those entrances make uh, make more sense. But I've only skimmed around this. I don't really know a lot about it. I wish I did. Um, but I've seen musical instruments like a tuba, um, six, eight foot tall. Music books that are huge, like maybe six foot tall. Now, if you if you took a six foot music book with all the musical notes on it, and if you took this book and you imagine that with a giant, that would be in uh, scale with a giant. And I've seen pictures of the giants, so we know giants existed, especially in America. Hundred percent. No, there there's a whole society dedicated to that. Yeah, we absolutely do know, and we do know that the Smithsonian Institute, uh, part of their mandate was to hide. Uh, as much of this history as possible. Anything that did not fit their view of Christianity and the Bible at the time was absolutely um, eliminated, just completely erased from the history book. So, yeah, this is all very true. Mm. And they're still taking them down here, here in Cornwall. The, the number of fantastic buildings that have been torn down in my lifetime, you know, and it's just such a shame that they just take your history away. Yeah, we still got some photographs. Yeah, and that's through all Europe, quite frankly. It's Western yes. civilization, as we know, is under hum- horrendous uh, assault right now in, in ways that uh, people just 
are starting to wake up to, but we could never have fathomed. Uh, actually, it was been going on for quite some time. You know, World War One, World War Two were also massive rapes of Western civilization and culture. But uh, we didn't see it as that way back then. But that's how it was really probably. It, that's why it was being done, quite frankly, just to destroy yeah. everything and the people. There's a type well, of hatred here. You know, it's it's a Christmas Eve. You know, it's a, generally a bright time of year. But you started us off on the right foot, I must admit. And that's a good foot, Graham, you know. And, uh, Thank you, Dennis. Then you're welcome. I'm glad I passed the audition. Yes, and uh, I, I'm now going to be challenged to to make this cheerful again. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, we'll do it. We're going to do it. I'll bring on maybe You've Johnny. Never, I'll bring on Johnny Carson or something, and just let him do the rest of the show. And <laughs> we'll just take the night off. How's that? We'll do a Johnny Carson Christmas. You know, I've been doing that. I don't know about you, you know, but I've been so down and depressed following all the news, you know, all this, the, the, the massive fraud in America, the really massive fraud going on in the UK with Bojo and yeah. the lockdowns and the lockdowns throughout Europe, the fact that Saudi is going to be reshutting their borders uh, till the end of the year again. Uh, where I'd like to get home, which is for me, the Philippines, they're shutting their borders again to various parts of the world so you know what in my case i feel kind of isolated this is the first time i've ever had a christmas where i actually feel like i'm in the military and i just can't go home if you know what i mean i can't go home yeah and i don't know about you terrible it it is it's not that you it's not that you can't go home it's okay if you can go home you know what i mean but when you are in this situation with the planet literally being shut down, Graham, so many of us are in this situation to where we just can't get home. I mean, they're isolated. People I, cannot travel. I know. They can't I, leave. I've been thinking about you, Dennis. Well, you know, not in a biblical way, of course. But um, I, uh, I to be stuck like you are there, I mean, you've not been home now for over 12 months, if that's correct. Yes. Yeah, I left. Uh, my last trip was last Christmas. I was there from Christmas till around January the 5th or the 7th, something like that. And I came back and then I made the quick trip out to Los Angeles, then into Las Vegas, came back, and then the world just turned upside down. So, yeah, it's I'll been say, basically a year. Just slightly. Yeah, it is depressing, and you know we can we can you know make light of it as much as we can, and make what we can of the Christmas Dennis. But it's not the same. I wish I could say it's the same, but it's not. You know, there's there's turmoil in families. You know, I've got turmoil in my family. We're split down the middle, um, and I'm sure there are many many households the same. So it's not a nice time, but uh, you know, it's a war, as you've said many times, Dennis. But we really are in the war now. It is a war, different war. What's really hard for people like me who have like dual personalities, you know, and as I have the professional side of me that has to deal with the day-to-day work, I have the personality that has to go on live two times a week, you know, generally, uh, to present, you know, our view and our story here. And then you've got the family side. So, you know, you've got all these different things going. And what's really challenging is to keep the morale up. Not just yes. me. I'm okay, although I'll be honest, I keep muttering to myself from time to time, gee, I'd really like to go home. Um, and you just can't keep reinforcing that, if you know what I mean, yeah. because it's, it will yeah. drag you down. But 
uh, it's harder for me because being somebody who's a leader, leaders typically, you gotta be strong. You gotta put on the front face. You gotta be, you know, you have to be what people want. You know, people look up to you for inspiration, whether you like it or not. And you have to play your, you have to do your duty. You play your part. It's part of human existence here. That's what your calling is and you must fulfill the role. That's fate type of thing. But then when you call home and everybody's crying, it's like, because you can't go home. It's like, how in the hell do you keep morale of the home front up? Because there's two sides of this, Graham. Not just your own morale, but you have to keep the morale of the home front. And, of course, the home front is the family. And that perhaps is a big challenge for a lot of people this year. How do we keep the morale of the family, the home front, up? And what is right now a really unsettling and uncertain time? It's the most unsettling in my life uh, and in everyone's life because no one's ever experienced this. We've ne- none of us have ever been through anything like this before. I mean, they, even World War One, World War Two, they they well, they thought they were, knew what they were going to fight for. Um, they thought they knew what they were doing. Well, we, the majority, think they know what they're doing now by by standing by the government and saying yes, the government's right. Uh, it's so I cannot understand the mentality of people. I'm absolutely lost with uh, with their understanding of the whole situation. You can put the facts right in front of their face. It don't make any difference. You're wasting your time. So I, I'm not waste. I'm not wasting my time on these people anymore. I think we've got to go with what we got now. Obviously, more there's still a lot sitting on the fence that will come over to our side, but we need to get something moving now. Yeah, I think we have a different situation in America than we do in the UK. The reality well, of all sorts in America. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing: in the UK, what American people need to understand, and they don't get it yet, but the governments are occupied. The UK is an occupied government; has been since. Uh, probably 1666. Okay. Going way back. Yep. America has been Agreed. really occupied really since 1913 and through periods in the 1800s where we were able to throw that off. Now we're under occupation. The same occupation we have in the U.S. is the same occupation as the U.K., as Germany, uh, France for sure, parts, I guess, many parts of Europe. And that is this anglo you know, it is the world. the world. I think the you. I think COVID. This COVID scare has kind of shown us it is a global occupation, really. Because I mean, every every country is working in lockstep, and nobody's presenting us facts. And exactly. That's what we're now. I think. But I, I again, Graham, it's a war. You can either just lay down and die, or you can fight back. We don't really have a choice. Uh, yeah. Well, you do. You have. You can. You know. You have. You can either fight back. In many different shades, you know, there's many ways to fight back, whether you're very upfront or sabotage, many ways, or you can just surrender. And uh, I don't come from the surrender side of humanity. I, I just don't do it. I, I, I always fight. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's where we're at you're today. A compa- you're a competitor, Dennis, and I think uh, you know you, you had a you were a sportsman, and I was yeah. a sportsman. Yeah, and, that's uh, true. You got that competitive edge, and I don't know. Maybe all men have got that competitive edge anyway. I don't know. I think the problem is there's not enough else. men out there, man. We got to get these kids to just wake up more. But I think I, again, I don't want to criticize too much, Graham. You know, I think we've you know everybody's doing the best they can under the circumstances, equally. Really? 
you know, and those that are lost have always been lost. It never mattered the generation. If yeah. you know what I mean, it never. They're really gone. Mattered. They're gone, and um, I'm not wasting my, any more time on them. Uh, they they don't want to know. So we got to do it with what we got, Dennis. Hey, Merry Christmas, that, that, dude. <laughs> that to me is to take them out. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> time for a new birth, everybody. Uh, wow. That's the, that's the most awesome start to my Christmas shows ever, Graham. That is amazing radio, riveting stuff. Unbelievably happy starting. Uh, I, guys in the audience, let us know. <laughs> They're like going. I do like to entertain. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, so join us in the chat room, everybody. Believe it or not, chat room's doing okay for Christmas Eve. So join us in the chat room inside the iLive.com. That's inside the iLive.com. And of course, feel free to call into the show today. Brighten it up with your happy or, or not actually. Whatever is really bothering you this Christmas, uh, feel free to share that equally. We're all in this quote unquote together, as they like to say, but no, we're not. But we all have our different places that we got to work from. So, uh, just call in one three two three two seven five one three one four. That's one three two three two seven five one three one four. Graham, we just got about maybe thirty five forty seconds would be my guess. Uh, what is really the weather like? I mean, is it really that freezing there? It's very cold. Uh, about four degrees. That is cold. That's thirty uh, seven ish to the Americans. 38-ish. When they went from Celsius to, um, from, from Fahrenheit to Celsius, I don't know. I don't know anymore. You know, you heard about the, did <laughs> you hear, you know, it's an old time of, 1970s joke. Did you hear about the angry inchworm? No. He was told to convert to the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're one of the biggest things they've ever thrown at us. So that you just finished school, you've done your feet, Yards and inches, you found shillings and pence, and then they changed the money, changed right. the sizes, changed the weight. Oh, bugger it. All right, so buddy. It's uh, the Fetch with Graham Hart Christmas Eve special here. Back with more right after this. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells chime in, jingle bell time. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live. Prime time. It's uh, Christmas Eve. Wow. We haven't done, I think, a Christmas Eve show in a while. I'm sure we've done one over the last nine years or so. We did have a caller on the line. Uh, feel free to call back one three two three two seven five one three one four. That's one three two three two seven five one three one four. Join us in the chat room inside the iLive.com. Click on the live chat button. And having said all of that, let's go back to our guest. He's out in Cornwall. Uh, Graham Hart. Graham, welcome back. Um, I was looking at that, that YouTube video there for this Christmas music. I got one hour 
and uh, 29 minutes to go in the show. And that video was one hour and 29 minutes. And I thought, hey, maybe we should both go to sleep and just entertain with the video. What do you think? Well, it's been a pleasure being here, Dennis. And uh, I'm off to see the wife. Well, you know, <laughs> you see ya. Good night. <laughs> Thank you. Put the music on, man. <laughs> yeah, let's put it on. Uh, you know, I, I, how's your video doing, by the way? I really thought you got taken down. I, I tried to access your, your hoax train video recently and it was actually not available here in the, in the Middle East. It did come back live at about four or five hours later. I guess there was a, okay, a sh- yeah. outage on, on YouTube and I couldn't reach it. Uh, but it is back up. How's it doing? It's still doing good. I mean, the figures are, excuse me, stop, stop, stop. Um, yeah, it's still doing good. Uh, it's still there. I can only put it down to the uh, disclaimer. Oh, would you please stop? This is good radio, isn't it, Dennis? And um, yeah, we're up to 22,706 now. I mean, that's a joke. That's a joke. You can stick a you could stick a one in front of that. I don't know how many views it had. The comments were the last time I looked, they were 143. Um, they're now 137. So they're going up. <laughs> it's that <laughs> new common Jewish core Jewish way, man. You know. Oh, they're pissed. Oh, they're pissed. Dwelly's been uh, actually Dwelly had a go at my daughter for her outstanding work. She did about the uh, uh, saying about there's only three people in the hospital that went viral. And uh, so he had, he decided to have a go at her now and call her a crank. So um, and now we're a vile family. I mean, this guy. Hutzpah, is it, Dennis? Is that what Hutzpah it is? Overreach. What it? Hutzpah? Hutzpah overreach. Yep. Oh, my God. This man is insane. They're they're nuts. They're nuts. So he's he's pissed that it's still up on uh, on YouTube. Because he told everyone, but it's still up on YouTube. I don't understand that. Well, I do, dude. Um, you don't understand a lot of things, Tim, but you're going to find out in 2021, that's for sure. In the early part as well. Are, you sit there waiting a long time. Is the UK, you know, I noticed the UK, they put so many parts of the UK down into massive, severe lockdowns, which are unheard yeah. of. You know, come on, guys. There is no virus. Show us the facts. And... They're claiming, oh, it's new strains. Okay, well, yeah, okay, if there is a strain, if there is a strain, how about your unbridled bringing in of all this refuse from France through the dinghies and you have no control over what you're bringing in? And now the entire country is supposed to suffer because maybe, just maybe, you guys are bringing in disease from some third world country and nobody's monitoring all because, hey, Let's flood Europe at any and all costs. And is that actually being discussed now? It's not on the table. Not at Seriously. all. And they're coming in around 400, four to 500 a day. And this has been going on for at least, that I, I know of, two years. And right through the pandemic, they're still pouring in hundreds on the South Coast, about four to 500 a day. This is an invasion. No one's mentioned it. No one's talked about it. It's just, oh, I don't know, Dennis. It's like, it's like living in a bad dream, you know. Um, yeah, because I think American landing ships, uh, the ones that hit the the beaches at Normandy, I think they had what, maybe seventy to one hundred and fifty, maybe men max, on on one of these small ships. Yeah. So you're talking three landing ships a day minimum. 
three yeah, to ten that's right. land not ten, but let's say three to seven landing ships a day. Every yeah, day. Yeah, well the um the the French the French are um escorting them into English waters and then when they get into English waters they get picked up by the Lifeboat Association. The RNLI, who are a charitable organization, who I used to support, but I won't anymore. Well, I won't support any charters anymore because they're all rip-offs anyway. Um, but yes, yeah, so they're, they're, it's, it's not even mentioned. And we're, we're being invaded. Uh, and we're only a small island, but our cities are gone. London is 60, was it 50, 55% uh, black now, or should I say non-white? We're, we're now a minority in our own, in our own capital city. And this is becoming the way right up through the major, the major cities right, right through the, across the country. So, but no one's talking about it because we're all COVID up. It's and they're, COVID. they're not seeing it because they're all sitting at no. home. And, uh, they are really frightened, Dennis. So that's, that's the thing with these people. Um, you got to take that into into consideration. I mean, it's the Jew in the corner in the, in the living room. I know that, but they are absolutely petrified. Uh, it's so sad to see. Okay, we have a phone call coming in, uh, Graham. We'll take some calls today. It keeps us from having to duck. Two one zero area code. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Merry Christmas, Graham. Merry Christmas, Fetch. This is oh. Bruce in Texas. Thank you, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Merry Christmas, Back at you, brother. Okay, thank you very much. Hey, at least we're not speaking German. <laughs> well, I would have settled for that. Yeah, me too. I would learn German right away if it meant all this. Yeah. Refuse would go back in the other direction. Yeah, come on oh, in. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, I was just reminiscing how Christmas holidays were so special back when I was young, you know. They would dress me up. I would dress up for the school choir in a turtleneck and a little blazer and would go to the to the mall and sing and shop afterwards. And, man, it's just so terrible with the young people today. They have no they, they have no experiences like that to uh, to enjoy. You know, it's what have they done to our world? Oh, man. It yeah, is, I'd agree with that. Yeah, the war on Christmas has really been effective. Uh, uh, thanks, thanks for that, Bruce. Uh, that's actually a good story. We'd like to get these type of stories in more, by the way. You can call in. Uh, oh, shoot. I think I just canceled. Sorry about that, you, you guys. I just killed, canceled myself. Um, I think we're back oh. live. You know, I yeah, think we're back then. live. Uh, so basically, yeah. Okay, thank you very much for that, uh, Bruce. Uh, Graham, did you ever get dressed up, and did you ever go out, and did you do any caroling when you were younger? I know I did. I yeah. remember being a part yeah, of the church, just like uh, Bruce is saying. I'd get, we'd get dressed up. We'd go to. Sometimes I think I did one or two uh, retirement homes where the the kids from the church, which was a Lutheran church. We would go out and we would go to the old, you know, the, the retirement homes where some of the elderly were, and we would be caroling. Actually, we'd be caroling. So I remember well, that. Well, for me, it was just door to door. It was door to door. 
I go think, down the posh areas. I think we did that. I did that was. once, and I kind of felt <laughs> kind of corny doing that one. But uh, nonetheless, yes, I think uh, that's something that is kind of lost. But, you know, just the simple things, going out and picking your Christmas tree in July. You know, we would go out of, up into the mountains of Southern California, the foothills, and uh, go to some of the tree farms, live tree farms. We'd buy our tree sometime in July, around Christmas in July. And we would just kind of patiently wait and go harvest our tree come Christmas and put that up. And I'll tell you, there's nothing better than that smell of that fresh Christmas pine in your living room for two to three weeks. It's absolutely fantastic. I agree. And a live tree. Uh, I'm going to massive echo. Don't worry, Dennis. Yeah, so you know, I don't know why. No. Oh, it's gone. It's gone again now. I think it's Skype, to yeah. be honest with you. I we think it's a Skype one, codec. We, I remember when I was a kid, we had a tree, and uh, we used to plant it back in the garden afterwards. We did that one time ourselves, only once. But, yeah. yes, we did that, yeah, too. I, we brought in the live tree. I think it was about a four. No, it was bigger than that. We, You know, we were an old German type of family, so our trees had to be six feet or bigger. You know, they had to be taller than us. That type of thing, and we were a tall family, so we would come in at six and a half to seven feet. And uh, yeah, let's go for seven, Dennis. I'm fed up with six. You know what? <laughs> can you can you imagine <laughs> Jews have even destroyed us at just a simple number? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and I, anyways, that's another esoteric story. I'll get into that later, but not today. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of launching two more projects next year, Graham. Believe it or not, I'm thinking of actually okay. taking on more work. I'm like, why you want to do that, dude? One, I'm thinking of calling softball, and it's basically a hardball approach to politics. So that's kind of the tagline. Softball, the you know, playing hardball with politics. I'll come up with something, and it's going to be more of just a maybe a two time a week video project. And that'll yeah, go up on the bit right. shoots and things like that. And then maybe doing a one hour to 45 minute esoteric concept to, to get back to the language. Because as we were discussing, and by the way, everybody, if you haven't heard it, go check it out. Uh, Graham and myself were on uh, Blackbird Nine's Breakfast Club yesterday, this last night, actually. And so uh, one of the things we discussed there was reclaiming our language. It's very important to reclaim that language. And one of the reasons I did the Assisian Codes and this esoteric thing on English was to affect changes in the language, to control the language, set down foundations where people wouldn't move off of it to where they could actually see what was going on inside of the language. Yeah, it's incredible words. I love words. Governmental. You know, I look at governmental. They govern your... No, yeah, here's how I see government. No, here's how I see government, and it's being misconstrued. Within our systems, okay, within our Western esoteric systems, the letter G is like the completion of all things. And here's how I would explain that. When you take – I hope you're not going to fall asleep, Brad. Please don't snore on me. Uh, no, no, no. When you take the English alphabet, and you understand the Sefer Yetzirah. Now, we believe uh, within our ancient Christian Kabbalah, okay, the Christian Kabbalists, they always viewed the Jewish Kabbalists as basically shysters, fraudsters, and that the true Kabbalah was encoded and embedded into English. 
the real true Kabbalah. And the reason they would say that is that the English language, it really encompasses the idea of the God, you know, this whole creation of all things manifested through language. And let's be honest, all things are created through the use of naming it, which then becomes the thing. So all things are created through the alphabet. So the alphabet is like a some type of hyperdimensional representation of the Godhead type of thing. And they believe that English and the Christian Kabbalahs were much more accurate than the Hebrew Kabbalahs. Now this argument never made it through the the Middle Ages and on into the Reformation and they just didn't make it. Uh, it was kind of stifled. It was, it was stamped out. But you know with the steganography from the Germans and then you had various systems including the, the Shakespearean works. These are all based on a lot of mathematics and coding and hypercoding that people just aren't aware of for the most part. Now moving through on the letter G, we look at it as a sense of completion because when we put our alphabet into a, a phonetic matrix, we know that A and Q and B and R and C and S and D and T and E and U and F and V and G and W and H and X and I and Y, that's where they line. Now G is located at seven. And when you look at the letter G, it's really comprised of two elements. The C, which is, we call that the sphere of the earth, and the T, which is where the sun would then be crossing the equinox, at the equinox at spring. So G is like this completion of that. But it's also th two different letters. When you look at it as QRST and ABCD, the C located at three plus the T located at four is three plus four is seven, and that's your letter G. And this becomes this great mystical secret, which then gets encoded into Freemasonry, which they don't seem to get it. When we look at MN, which is the Godhead, because it's Pi, 1314, which is a representation of Godhead, that is MN. But the opposite of that would be the evil, which is, of course, writing things backwards, which then becomes... My friends here won't like it, but these languages that go from right to left, Hebrew, Arabic, etc. But especially, we're more focused in our traditions on the Jewish side of things. Well, if MN is the Godhead, then its opposite would be NM. So government should be, if it's properly executed, which would then be the people controlling it, the word government gives us an actual phrase, G, which is this concept of completion, over NM, which would then be this Jewish enemy. And it's been inverted. Now the enemy is over G, which is all of us. G is, again, this great concept of completion. And the reason I would say that is because if we took it two things, Graham and Pride, I have too much time on my hands, but it comes fast to me, so it's not as much time as you think. When we look at our language and how we structure our language, everybody, the past tenses of our language are controlled by what we call the dentals. Those are the sounds of the D's, the N's, the T's, and the L's, but mainly the D, the N, and the T. From the, the D and the T, we will derive our past tense. This is essentially beyond now, beyond the present, it's past. That is akin to the 
to dying from us relative to us. And then the S is this is, is the present. S is the present. So we have a concept of past and present revolving around threes and fours and threes and fours. All of the past tenses are going to become the the D's, the N's, and the T's. For instance, if you have a past participle, everybody, uh, to have, I have gotten. In other words, we will use that N sound. So our language is encoding very specific philosophical systems in it. And we should understand that government implies us over Jewish people, us over those who have the enemy's best wishes at hand. This would be the satanic systems. And that's something to understand when you look at this word, a government. G over N-M. And E-N-T is typically a suffix, very much like a parent. Parent is two words. Par meaning of equal standing and ant being the thing. The, it's kind of like a, a, it symbolizes a thing. So we should look at these words like government and understand very clear. This means that we should be over this Jewish construction, not the other way around. So we are basically violating our basic principles of nature by not controlling and being over the dominion or, or dominioning over or dominating over this Jewish construction. And people should start to look at that as the main reason we are where we are at today is we are not focusing on keeping Jewish negligence, Jewish intransigence, Jewish evil really in check. Now, for those of you who are in the UK, they know this better than we in the United States. Jewish people kept their country open from the 10th to the 18th of of December, so they can get their Hanukkah in. On the 19th, soon as Christmas is going to start, they shut down the country. This is not, this is not just an accident, folks. You should not look at it that way. Jews want to get in their Hanukkah. They want to throw in your face that they have controlled the entire concept of your country or what was or is your country. And then soon as they are done with their celebration of global conquest, which is what Hanukkah really is symbolically all about, then they say, oh, guess what? Hey, Brits, time for you to shut down because we're done. We got our Hanukkah. Now you shut down your Christmas. And that's really what's happening here because the wrong side of things are in power. NM is in power instead of this G, this concept of completion that is our system. And that's something that I would like us to start to focus on moving forward. It is absolutely imperative that we gain back control of various positions of power inside the political sphere with an absolute intent to smash, one, Jewish systems, and two, as you now see, the pharmaceutical industry, which is now essentially creating a global dictatorship through the various health ministries across this planet. These are some of the two things going into two, this is more of a, of a, a end of the, end of the year show now at this stage, Graham. But these are two of the issues I think, Graham, we should be focusing on moving into 2021. Uh, pretty complex stuff, Dallas. Well, you're not snoring. And, That's um, good. No, I'm not. I was listening intently. But, uh. Let's just let's get, let's get rid of the Jews. It's time for them to go. 
It, it does come little... down to that, that, the basic element, you know, take the philosophy aside. That's basically what it boils down to. These yeah. people simply cannot be allowed to continue to control our systems. And tell us what to do. In my country, uh, the second word's off. I've just had enough, Dennis. Well, enough of these people now. The chaos that they caused, that we brought it to this. And once, when I got to 50, I, you know, that's, uh, oh, good grief, that's 19 years ago now. And you start to wake up. I mean, um, when you start to wake up, it's a shock. But the things that you learn along the way, like what we learned about uh, what really happened in World War Two, and then you look back at history and wherever you go, it's always these same people that are behind everything. So they've got to go. That's the bottom line. How we're going to do it, Dennis, I don't know. Um, in America, God, bloody hell, what I... I just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we're going to find out a lot of things in the next four weeks. What is it up to December the 20th, uh, January 22nd, is it? That, that, uh, they, I think January, I think January 20th noon is okay. the cutoff date. And then January 22nd becomes something like that. I think it's January 20th is, it has to be done. And then January 22nd is the inaugural, inauguration for the right. next president, something like that. And you've got a court out there that won't listen to any of the cases. No, our, our, I think. What's that all about? I think what we've seen now is the American system is completely co-opted. Even, even uh, Vice President Pence, he had an option in the Constitution to have declared today, today was his cutoff date that, hey, look, you know, your, your votes are fraudulent. We don't want to accept them. We're not going to sec- accept them. Uh, go back and send us some accurate uh, electors, which would have forced the states to actually prove that they were telling the truth and that we should accept what they've sent for the, elect, the, the electoral college. And Pence just folded. I mean, the, the guy's a weasel. Literally, he's a weasel. Yeah. Now, obviously, we don't have the intel they have. You know, they, they have far more intel than we have, and maybe there is a reason for this decision. But the problem for the people is we just don't get why they're behaving this way. They're just, all these options are collapsing in front of our face. It's like, what are you guys doing other than basically putting a lot more Jews in power? Because that's what's happening right now. More and more Jews are being put into places of power and nothing is happening in the process. And all you want to talk about is, hey, I got vaccines. Oh, I got you the vaccines. It's like, dude, nobody wants your vaccines. You know, who wants to play Russian roulette? You got 80 million people out supported Trump no, I what are these people going to do they they know that something's badly wrong here I mean what's going to be their reaction if, if uh, you know creepy Joe gets in you know the thing is is that if the American people stand up they're the majority I, I, we think it's as yes. high I think it's as high as 110 million honestly it's up wow. to 110 in other words the election was that skewed uh, maybe as much yeah. as 110 million people voted for Trump and they're just publicly admitting to the 75, you know, 74, okay. 75. But we believe in some circles it was as high as 110 million. Maybe Biden got 20, 25 if he's lucky. If he's lucky. He's not really that popular. He has no base. You and I have a bigger base than Biden. 
you know. That's true. We really do. As you uh, said, there's more in your chat room than there is at Israelis. Yeah, right now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I've got 15. And if I look at, the, and of course, Biden, the, the, the team is saying, you know, don't bother coming. It's okay. It's dangerous. Yeah, nobody's going to come to see you anyways, dude. You have no following. I, I can't believe what's going on. Um, it is. It's like a, just like a bad tree. You know what's funny? Wake up this actually, you know what? We're going into a break. Uh, it's that they, they're actually pretty good now. I can actually look at a clock and kind of time the breaks now. They've improved a lot over the years. Um, but we're going into a break here. Where's my? There it is. There it is. There it is. See, I, I got it right. All right, it's the fetch, everybody. Happy Merry Christmas, uh, uh, Eve show here, I guess, with Graham Hart out of Cornwall, ho, uh, ho, UK. Ho, ho. Back, yeah, ho, 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 for sure. Uh, back with more right after this. Am I on mute, Dennis? Yes, you were. Oh, no, I'm here. No, I, you were on mute, yeah. It's like, okay. But anyways, that was Bob Hope. That's actually supposed to be one of his Christmas shows. It didn't sound very Christmassy. It sounded like, like, like an Easter show. But you talk about a sinister name in a way. What, what about Bob Hope? You ever got a, you ever thought of the word Bob Hope? You know, he was considered by, uh, you know, this time of year during the 60s, 70s, uh, even the 50s, I think, but mainly 60s throughout the Vietnam War. This guy would do his Christmas shows, and they'd be quite popular back home at the home front in the U.S. And you know what the USO called Bob Hope? They called him the one-man morale machine. But you ever thought what a unique name that was, Bob Hope? No. Well, I'll give you a philosophical interest idea on this one. If you got a bob, what's a bob? A bob, everybody, is an ancient little thing that nobody uses anymore. But it was something that you would put out there into the lake and freshwater fishing, and it would kind of like bob up and down. And you would have the bait and the hook uh, below that, of course, uh, down in the water. But that would be called bobbing for fish. And, of course, so, therefore, to bob would be to entice, to invite. And what's the name then? To bob hope is to make people wish for hope. And nobody ever saw that in his name every time he went out there and became that one-man morale machine during the Christmas season especially. He was out there bobbing hope, Graham, and nobody ever saw that. Interesting. Didn't yeah. He? Over here, if we, if we were fishing, it, we, would call, we would call it a float, not a bobber, a float. Yeah. Well, which, again, is an apple, apple tea term. Yeah, well, that's American English for you. That's why we like to work in English. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's mid-Atlantic English, that. Yeah, it wouldn't work, you know. And now the star of the show, Mr. Float Hope. It's not going to work. <laughs> it's just not going to work. So sorry about, you know. I can see why we change things. We can't hide things as well in your English as we can in ours. So anyways, telephone lines 323-275-1314, 323-275-1314. And the chat room, it's still kind of, it's good, it's not bad, uh, but it's kind of quiet today, which we kind of expected. Again, inside the iLive.com, inside the iLive.com, click on the live uh, chat button and that will get you in the door. Uh, going into hour two, um, the UK, how is the Christmas spirit in the UK? Because I'll tell you, I'll give you a story first about Saudi Arabia, Christmas. Do you realize this is actually the first year? I've been coming to Saudi since 2006, everybody. Uh, most of it in the early days was more, you know, hidden secret stuff. But it was uh, from 2006 I started, 7, 8, 9, 
uh, up to 11. Then I started to come here permanently, which you guys know about, from 13 on. And in the old days, it was forbidden to even talk about Christmas, believe it or not, Graham. This year, guess what? Christmas is in the malls. Full displays, Christmas trees, fancy lights, bright lights, wishing everybody a happy holiday, Merry Christmas. It's actually in the malls, everybody. While the rest of the world is becoming more and more totalitarian, I kid you not, this place is becoming, not that it's perfect, because it's not, but it is becoming much more open to what was traditional Western Americana, Western Europe type of uh, mentality. It's really quite amazing to watch and witness, uh, Graham. Uh, you can actually yeah, come here and be. see Christmas, Christmas in the malls. That's amazing when you can't even talk about Christmas to having Christmas trees in the uh, in the malls now. Yeah, and they're here. Believe it or not, they're here this year. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I, I honestly couldn't believe it. There's Christmas trees in the mall. What the hell is this? We didn't have Halloween. But there were a lot of Halloween parties here this year. Uh, some of my employees, you know, some of the people I work with and, and support, uh, they were, they, they went to Christmas, they went to Halloween, uh, parties this year. So again, Western systems, Western, you know, our way is a superior way and we need to get back to supporting it and making these things strong because they remain a beacon of hope around the world. And we are our own type of Bob Hope. You know, we should always keep that in mind. Uh, people do look up to us in the West, whether you like it or not, or whether you want to appreciate that, uh, Graham. Um, but they do. They look up to us in the West. And we have an awesome responsibility to perform, to, to live up to those expectations. And not enough people are even trying. That's the disappointing part. They're not aware of what's happening. And, and maybe they say it's not my job, my, not my responsibility. Uh, but then they are really foreclosing on their civilization as it pertains to this planet. And that's a sad thing to witness. Well, we are superior, Dennis. What are we supposed to do? Feel guilty about it? No. I can't help it. I'm no. white. You're white. Uh, our listeners in, are white. Um, what are we supposed to do? I can't help it if, we, if we're superior. We built everything. We built all the civilizations. We gave the world all the art. We gave the world all the music. Sorry, what do you want me to do about it? You want to wipe this out so you haven't got it? <clears throat> it's absurd. You know, the funny thing is, is that this mentality does not exist outside of our own lands. In other words, I can only give you as an expat my perspective. Look, there's no way, for instance, in the Philippines, they're looking to destroy the Western world. It's not even on their radar screen. Uh, here in Saudi, there were elements that certainly were. We actually acknowledge that. And for the most part, they have had a massive war against those elements. They've arrested tons. They have taken out some huge, huge imams here, which are like, you know, like your giant mega churches, you know, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, they've taken them down, literally arrested them, taken them out for preaching in a way that, you know, would not be conducive to uh, humanity in a way that, that's creating this, this negative stereotype about what is Islam is here. So they're actually, it amazes me, man, guys, how much they're working hard here to make things better. And it's partially due to a lot of us who are here on this project. And then I see in my own countries, Graham, I just see Jews running roughshod, 
Then you've got CARE, which is the Muslim Brotherhood running roughshod. You've got these Pakistani gangs, which actually have absolutely no civility to them whatsoever running around in your country. You have the Somalis running around my country. You can't even, Minneapolis, for instance, an old Nordic town, everybody, uh, beautiful place to go, wonderful place. Uh, now it looks like a war zone. It's basically back to Mogadishu. And nobody wants to talk about the fact that we simply cannot allow this to happen in our countries. And you have global support. What you don't understand in your countries, you have global support. Nobody wants to come live in Mogadishu, America. Nobody wants to come to the UK and be afraid of what little Pakistani guy is going to do. Because we deal with them here, folks. We understand the game here equally. We get these radical Muslim Pakistanis coming over here and they're just impossible to deal with. Impossible. So people get it. I, uh, Graham, I don't know how to light a fire under people. And of course, this is the time of year where we're all recoiling down and get trying to get back to some type of growth for the next year. But we have to fire up people somehow. And I just don't know how to do that. Let's go out to 954. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live with Graham Hart. Hi, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, hi, Thomas. How are you? Merry Christmas. Good. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you much. Um, I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing. I skimmed through it really fast. But just yesterday, um, in regards to, you know, you were saying, what the heck can we do? There's an outfit here in the States called the Oath Keepers. Have you ever heard of them? Of course. And the guy's name is, I guess, Stuart Rhodes. I think he's uh, the head of it now. And just yesterday, it was dated December 23rd, he did a thing called an open letter to President Trump. And again, I just skimmed over it really quick. I just kind of saw it a little while ago and didn't get a chance to read the whole thing. But he basically there is saying, don't wait for January 6th. Uh, Basically a general call to arms. He's saying that ex-military should be mustering. Uh, Young men of military age should be um, ready to go. Uh, He was just saying that uh, the show's over. We have to do something uh, physical. I, you wouldn't have time to read it probably on the, uh, on air. You know, maybe in the break you could skim it fast, but I recommend everybody go see it. It's at Oathkeepers, either .com or .org, and it's right there. It says, Open Letter to President Trump. And it's uh, extremely militant, it sounds, uh, just a bit that I skimmed through. Yeah, I, I also today, Thomas, I heard that Trump did uh, veto the NDAA. And uh, part of the NDAA was actually kind of like a hidden clause, which would have prevented Trump from invoking the Insurrection Act, which is probably the best way to go. We don't want to be putting ourselves in a situation where we're accepting martial law, because that is a suspension of all, you know, civilian government's resources in America, whereby a uh, the Insurrection Act is much more surgical, and the civilian institutions largely remain intact. And they tried to actually nullify that by getting Trump to sign the NDAA, uh, which is the National Defense Acquisition or whatever act, something like that. So, yeah, things are really happening. And I am, I, again, we've been calling for it for quite some time. Trump seems to think he's got this in the bag. 
but from what we're hearing from the overstock CEO, which has been sitting on some of these meetings, uh, they, uh, he, they're not so, he's not so certain. Trump is surrounded by vipers. It's kind of like a Nicholas, you know, Tsar Nicholas II of the last ruling Tsar, I believe, of Russia before the Soviets, the Jewish people took over there. And he made the comment, everywhere I turn, there's treachery. And that's what's happening inside of our government today. Everywhere that Trump turns, I believe he has treachery. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure it's a very difficult situation for him to have to navigate, uh, re- realizing that there is so much treachery. Yeah, I guess I, now you re- reminded me, he did that first part of his letter was, yes, you have to enact the uh, Insurrection Act. I think he started out with that. And... Um, there's a other uh, I can't remember what where I saw it, but there seems to be a big push for uh, everybody to go up to Washington. Uh, I'm not sure what the date. I think January sixth, possibly. Yeah, it's January sixth. Yeah, January sixth. Like a general call to you know for millions of people to descend upon. Well, I think it's this is know. probably one of those cases where millions of people should go. I know if you look at the maps of the hotels in Washington, D.C., about 80%, probably 70, 75%, 80% are already sold out. And we have still, you know, uh, some out there, but they're still over, not overbooked, but they're certainly well booked. So there are still some hotels available as of yesterday. But uh, for the most part, the city has been sold out. That might be a good thing. It might be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, there were some of us saying the other day, if we can get two million veterans to come, um, that would be a huge show of force. You know, if we can get yeah, the veterans heard, to go. Yeah, I heard some insinuations as uh, also bring what you need, might have to bring. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a very, I, I, I'm asked this all the time here, guys. Uh, Thomas uh, about the election every day, every, literally every day. And how's it going? How's it going? How's it going? Uh, today was not a good day. Uh, Pence basically folded. Uh, Pence had a chance to really do something powerful and uh, either he's a coward or there's other intel we don't know about or uh, he's just part of the deep state and he's just putting a roadblock up, but he did not do what he could have done today, which was a constitutional maneuver which would have really Almost put this thing in the bag. So Pence folded. Uh, no matter, no matter, no way to other look, other, no other way to look at it than that. Pence folded today. Uh, and again, we don't have any intel to say otherwise, so he folded until we hear otherwise. So, uh, it, the options are dwindling. They really are. They're dwindling very rapidly and, uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, we have to secure this election. If we can't win this election as an American people, I mean, my goodness, you're talking literally we, the American people won that election and it's obvious. And these people just refuse to allow the country to be handed to them. And then if they do that, then it's no longer a representative government. And now the people have every right to declare mutiny against this government because it's no longer a Valid government. It's no longer representative. The people have every right to remove them. And, and we'll have to see where that goes, but that gets a lot messier. And we obviously don't want to see that. The other 
other the other concerning thing I heard was that apparently Pence has some kind of a junket planned right after the sixth, and he's going to be heading to other places, including Israel. Did you hear that? I haven't, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, apparently he's, get, he's getting out of town, and one of the one of his places he's going is Israel. Well, it doesn't surprise me. You know, I've been reading. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've been reading this, uh, the COVID-19 bailout, whatever you want to call it, the consol- consolidated, the, I don't know what they call it, but the, uh, the CARES Act reconsolidation, which is this new bill. And it's massive, 5,500 some odd pages, something to that effect. And there's over a billion dollars when you look at the entirety of it all that's going to be, it looks like over a billion going to Israel alone. It's like, well, why was APAC invited to the table to get their little pork on a bill that is intended to support the American people? And so it's like, why is APAC here? Why is the state of Israel in this thing? Because the statements are clearly written by the Israeli foreign ministry. So why were they allowed at the table? Uh, That's treason. The fact that they are allowing Israel in to this extent is treason. It's been going on since the 1930s. I mean, they got us involved in the war in 1940, in World War II, and then, of course, Vietnam and uh, against Saddam, you know, during the 90s and also in the 2000s. But we're, we're, we're dealing with a level of treason that has always been talked about but was never so visible. So hopefully out of all of this, the visibility now will not go away and we will just have to wait and see well it won't be if millions turn up in the washington uh dennis uh, i'm that's good news I'm glad I, to hear I believe that. i believe we will get uh, we will have half a million for sure i think half a million is not even a stretch i think we're gonna get half a million but i i think we will hit the one million mark on this thing well that tells me that the americans are real really well pissed and they're not going to allow it dennis no, I don't believe they will. I honestly don't believe they're going to allow Which this. is good news because we need a victory. We need some sort of uh, – we could do with a lift right now. We've been you pounded know, and pounded for the last 10 months especially. You know uh, what's interesting, some guys? Sort of victory now. It, when you're sitting here in Saudi Arabia, a lot of you folks I, – I know the, the propaganda, okay? I know what comes out of the media. And I know a lot of you guys think Saudi Arabia is probably the greatest hellhole on earth. That it's a terrible place, it's anti-Western, it's anti-this. That's my perception of what you guys believe. If I'm wrong, correct me, but that's what I believe you believe. And so people ask me here, Dennis, please, can you tell a fairer story? Because they have family in America, in other parts of the world, and they understand also. So they said, please, can you just just be fair? They're not saying lie, they just be fair. And you know what's really interesting, guys? Everybody in my circle, and it's all senior level guys, everybody wants the American people to win. They want the British to stop the insanity. They want Britain to be British. They don't want to go to an overrun British country. It's no longer Britain if that happens. They are afraid to death now to go to Paris. They they just view Paris as a uh, uncivilized hellhole, and I'm talking about senior level people, everybody, not joke people, 
people. These people have money, they have brains, they have education, they have means, and they want the British people to say, stop. But they can't do anything. It's not their country. They want the Americans to win this election. They understand more than anybody, perhaps, because there's a lot of war here in the Middle East, that if a Biden comes in, it's just going to be more problems for everybody, including everybody here. Because these people are psychopaths that are trying to take over the country. And the, and so it's very important, guys, that going into 2021 to secure this election. I don't know how to do it, but hey, we the American people won. We won this election. Why should we just give up the country and give it away? We won. It's ours. It's our right. That's like basically winning in a, in a football game, uh, five to one and the other team says, no, you didn't win. Give the trophy to us. And then they just take the trophy and they don't even give you the trophy you worked for. That's what we're up against. This type of in-your-face affront to common sense and dignity and basically everything that we value of positive morality in the West. Just my little take and what I view from here, everybody. Well, it's very interesting what you have to say say about uh, Saudi what comes out is Saudi has got a bad um, uh, human's right, human rights record that's all I hear, I don't hear what the human rights record are I just hear those very words and nothing yeah. else yeah, um, I've always been impressed Dennis what you've had to say about Saudi because outside of the human rights issue um, the way the country are trying to push forward um, it seems amazing uh, there's a lot we can take I've heard you mention many times about um, once your contract's up, you're gone. <laughs> yes. And you can never have and you can never have the vote. But yet they're pouring into this country and they're pouring into the states and probably all over the Western world, and they got the vote within five years. This is absurd. They they can't even write. Yeah, that's true. I, in Jordan, you know, my Jordanian friends would say, you know, it's not true what you're saying. You know, after 10 years, you can become a citizen here. I said, dude, you have to write Arabic, which is virtually impossible for a lot of us, you know. So you're not going to have a lot of Westerners coming to take over your country. You need to be sponsored by somebody in, to, in your Congress that essentially says that this guy's okay. And then you're going to have to be able to support yourself. You're not just going to get, you're just not going to be handed this type, this opportunity in your country. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, it may happen. But I said, you got hundreds of thousands of Palestinian refugees that are never going to be given this right. So don't tell me that it's just easy. It's not like what's happening in our countries. And yes, here it will never happen. It will never happen. You might be welcome to stay. They're trying to change the laws that allow you to stay longer. But you're not going to be able to vote on their society. You're not going to be able to, to vote on who you want to represent you in the various councils, etc. They're not going to allow that. It's not really the greatest democratic world here. But who cares? It's their system of government, and it works for them. Ultimately, it's still all the tribes pulling the strings. You know, all these various tribes, they have their competing interests. The various regions have their competing interests. And that's how it works here. And leave it. It's, it works for them. 
It works very well for them. And yeah, people are upset with not being able to speak, etc., etc. But what's? it's not like, why should we criticize that? You can't even speak about things in our own countries. You know, you barely speak and you're going to lose your job. It ain't that bad here. It's the Fetch, everybody, inside the iLive. Man, what a Christmas Eve show we got planned for you today. All right, back with more right after this. All right, everybody, it's the Fetch, inside the iLive, primetime, with our special guest today, Graham Hart. You know, Graham, they ought to name, maybe they should name like a new, uh, uh, I don't know, award after you. What do you think? I don't do awards, Dennis, really. Really? I, I was thinking no, maybe I... the Grammys or something, you know? That might make, <laughs> that might work. You know, cause just got a ring to it. I mean, we could call it the Grammys and maybe, maybe we can make it work. I'm not sure. But, uh. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe alternative radio get around to doing that sort of thing one day. But, uh, for me personally, um, I just don't do awards, you know? I, I just try and live my, uh, my life as an example to others. And that, to me, is reward itself, and that's enough in itself. I agree. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about the trophies, Dennis. Is what you is what you feel. I got trophies up in the loft, man, from back in my sports days, and I expect you have as well. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Lost all them I all. remember is the mem- I lost the them memories all. of those. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I re- all I remember is the, the games that I I won those medals, uh, but the medals mean nothing to me. So, yeah, I'm nothing for awards. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've had so many great sports memories, you know, but most of them, but some of them still stick in my mind, you know, some of the great plays I've actually made. It's like, yeah, that actually was a good play looking back, dude. Uh, still remains a good yeah. play. Too bad we didn't have film back then. It would have been great to capture that one, but I can still replay it in my head like it, I was still there, you know. Me too. Bro. Me too. Yeah, I love my sport. Absolutely adored it. Yeah. That's why I was so late getting into music because I was so into my sport. You know, I, I, uh, used to play softball, right? We had a, we had a females. I was on a female team, you know, mixed sports and, uh, we had some good girls, good gals. And so, uh, uh, we won something like 39 straight times, you know, something like that. And then nobody would sign up to play against us. They, they basically, the league collapsed because <laughs> nobody wanted to play against us. So that kind of sucked. Uh, another, <laughs> another league, same thing. I was on an all males team. We won like seven straight leagues in a row and just people stopped signing up. It's like, can you guys kind of like change your team a little bit? Nobody wants to sign up anymore. So yeah, we had that happen a lot where we were so dominant teams, the leagues folded because nobody wanted to play against us and there were no higher leagues for us to go into. You know, it was just a different class, you know. We were softballers. We weren't big brute guys that could hit the ball, you know, 400 feet and just basically was a slam fest. Uh, we were good at our level of softball, which was, you know, hitting and running and catching and throwing and playing the game, not just slamming. And uh, fun times, so I'll tell you, fun times. I can't even imagine what it's like now. You know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Rainier, I, I heard that uh, he was arrested the last night. So, you know, really? yeah, you know, his nose was showing and she's like, dude, where's your mask? <laughs> it's like, all the other reindeer turned him in. They were like already pissed at him. So they called up the home office and said, hey, guys, we got this reindeer. You ain't going to miss him. Don't worry. He's got a, He's got a red nose. 
And yeah, they took him in last night. So Santa's looking for a new new leader out there. So uh, tough Aren't times. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? You know, you know, sport is a great thing for bringing people together. Uh, you get to know so many people, so many make so many friends through sport. Hundreds, thousands, maybe that you know over your lifetime. You do, and it's great. It's a it's a great uh, it's a great way of of spending your leisure time. It's fantastic. I miss it. Yeah, and plus you're staying in shape, you're healthy, uh, you get the heart going, you get the camaraderie, you get the teamwork, you get the selflessness, you get the the the, the praise when you do something well, which is always good for your morale equally. So yeah, I love yes. it, dude. I I kind of miss it. Uh, I kind of wish I was still doing sports. I don't know what I can do with one eye. Um, you know, I feel embarrassed to play the guys in ping pong now. Uh, at the university, you know, because I got one eye, and sometimes I swing and miss. It's like, well, okay, I thought that was the ball. <laughs> you know, it's like, oops, sorry about that. I, I was swinging it, and they're like looking at me, but it's even more embarrassing to win. It's like, dude, you suck, man. I, I got one eye, and I'm beating you guys. Would somebody step up and beat me already? What's the matter with you guys? It's like crazy, I swear. Uh, maybe I could yeah, do billiards. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, not with one eye, I don't think. Cause... Maybe I can pitch pennies. <laughs> you know, I'm stretching now, dude. <laughs> Be like, with my, my eye no, blinking. I used to miss, I used to miss playing football, um, on the Saturday, when I when I got into the music business, obviously you're gigging on a Saturday night and I couldn't play. Uh, but I missed a Saturday afternoon. It, it it was probably about ten years before I started to I stopped missing a Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon gets lost. I got no game to go to. But I had a gig in the evening, so mm. I had to stop playing. Yeah, I was playing softball, so we were playing literally two, three times, four times a night, uh, not a night, uh, two, three times a week. You know, Friday night was set. My Friday nights were done. And I think Monday or Tuesday, I forget which night it was, was done. And then if I wanted some other team wanted me to play, I would go ahead and volunteer for that team and play on that team equally. So at times I was playing three, four times a night, a week, every yeah. week. And uh, it's a lot of beer. It's a lot of beer after the games, guys. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never just played. You went to the went to the pizza place, had a beer or four or five. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of beer back then. Now there's no beer. We can't get beer here. We're hoping. Everybody's like, when, when are they gonna, cause you know, we're opening so fast, right? I was going like, when do you think they're gonna open up the beer supply here? I don't know, Dennis. Be patient. I hear it's in the works. Just, I hear something's going on right now. So yeah, we may actually have alcohol here pretty soon. Maybe within a year or two. That's amazing. Yeah, it's coming soon. That's amazing. There's so much change going on in Saudi, Dennis. You know, it's all good stuff too. Even my son, speaking to my son, uh, a couple, few days ago, and I said, Hey, what are you up to? He's been terminated from his job per se. He's not terminated. His project was done. He was working for the major, one of the biggest, biggest, biggest sports teams in America. And what he was doing was some of the work. I don't want to say because, you know, the cancel culture stuff. But, uh, he was one of the key people in a, one of the biggest 
stadiums in America, you know, doing that. So they've, that's finished. So they've canceled his contract and that's fine. He understands that's part of the gig. And, uh, he's thinking of coming to Saudi, actually working in Saudi on a, on a huge project. I said, dude, I know this project. If you can get on that project, you should come. Just get the hell out of the States. Come, uh, just, it's just go get the hell out. You, you will not be disappointed. And I would say that to a lot of people. If you get the opportunity, come. Uh, let's go out to Canada, 705 Lonnie. Hi, welcome. Merry Christmas with Graham Hart. Hey, Dennis, Graham. Uh, Hi, Lonnie. To you and your families. Just wanna, uh, basically, just called to wish you guys all the best. You know, I'm, uh, it's, It really is an honor for me to be involved in this fight against Jewish tyranny with a uh, gentleman like yourself. Well, back at you, Lonnie. Because I'm where you are now, brother. I know you are. Actually, I wanted to comment on that, too. I listened uh, just this morning. I caught the archive of the interview you did uh, with Breiser on uh, the Wisdom Circle with Giuseppe and Scorpio. And uh, I got to say, when you uh, stated very clearly your Jewish solution, I I literally clapped. I I did. Good. Well, I think that's where it's at, man. How much longer are we going to put this off for? This is going on. This has gone on far too long now, and we all know around the world what's going on. Um, we've got our we connections do, and, still here. Yeah, Go and ahead. they're 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 pulling the heavy lockdowns here again in some of these provinces in Canada, starting at uh, twelve one midnight tonight. Same and, here. Uh, yep, and uh, this is disgusting. I, this is nothing more nothing more than benevolent government via the Jews. Uh, destroying people's lives. That's it. It's, it's that simple. Sunday order. They're doing it 1201 on Christmas Day. Yeah. As if somehow it wouldn't matter whether they kept it three days later and let people gather for Christmas. It's so exactly. important to do it on Christmas Day. Are you out of your mind? They're out of their minds. Well, again, no it's, an attack. it's an attack on Christianity. Christianity's been under massive attack over the years. And as we go, as we go forward, it's just getting worse. I mean, it is. I mean, I'm I'm not a Christian or religious guy whatsoever. No, me neither. But I, do, but I do get the point that you've been making for some time now that that we are in a Christian culture, Graham. So yes, I'm we not are. Gonna argue that point. Yeah, no, I'm we can. Yeah. There's no doubt. There's an attack on Christianity. I don't believe in it. I don't agree with it. I think it's. Uh, I think that's all part of Sun Tzu Art of War as well. That that stuff. I really do. But. Uh, yeah. It's time for t- pitchforks. Uh, I'm really glad you said that because I'm slowly starting to see people in the Jew-wise community say what I've been saying for over a decade. Yes. And uh, it's, it is time. This is getting disgusting. People just want to, people want to, in our culture, want to work hard and get on with their lives, build something, you know? And uh, they're squashing us, and it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, the foot's right over us, Lonnie. I've had enough. I mean, I've had... Yeah. I've, 20 months, 22 months they've been playing with me now. Um, they can't touch me. So it's yeah. my turn now. After Christmas, uh, down to work. I've got things to do. I've had things planned. Um, I've got a lot of uh, things that I want to bring together in the early part of 2021. And I'm going on the attack, man, because I've just had enough. And I'm not standing anymore of this. The way I'm being pushed around, the way people are talking about me, the way people have talked about my daughter... Uh, it's been uh, absolutely disgusting, and I agree with you. I, I'm not a, I'm not into religion. I don't do religion at all. I do find um, body um, Bible quotes very interesting. They, I sort of listen to them more now 
than what I did because I think I can see more meaning in what they're saying. But I don't do religion at all. But we are of Christian culture. That's just the way it is. You know, there's Jack Russells and there's Labradors and there's Alsatians. Well, we're Christians. There's Muslims and there's Jews. So that's who we are. We are who we are. And we we got to follow that. That is our culture. That is our culture. And it's being absolutely destroyed. They're taking the piss. They're taking the piss. Big time. I, I just, I, I will never cease to be amazed at the lack of real resistance at the moment. It, it, it's disgusting to me. It's frustrating. And uh, I know the outcome of this if we don't. So it's angering. And some of us are going to fight anyway, one way or another. I'm definitely yeah. in that crowd. Yeah. And, but another I thing don't I, go after. Another thing I want to add, guys, I really- yeah, guys, I just want to add something real quick. I saw something coming from a conservative group in the middle part of America, uh, essentially saying, hey, look, everybody, the reality of it is is that we are the power base in America. We don't need to go out and try to intimidate and do this. I don't necessarily agree with that. But it says we don't have to even engage these people if we don't want to. We can manage ourselves. We don't need them to provide our security. We don't need them to provide our food. We don't need them to provide anything for us. We don't need them at all, at all. We just need them to leave us alone. We can manage our security. We can manage everything about our society. And it's time that, but here's the thing, like you or me, there's a doctor in Oregon just this past week, this week, he made some comment about the policies, about how COVID-19 policies are absolutely insane. There's no science to prove it and to back it and support it. And they fired him. They fired him just like that. Okay, you're out of here. And this level of totalitarianism, look, that person took a risk for all of us, for everybody. That is fighting. He said what he had to say. He said it. He got taken out. Everybody needs to understand at this stage that we have to rally around all of those people, all of them. We have to rally around everybody and come to everybody's support. That doesn't mean you give them money, but if you need business, maybe you give them some business. If you need to make a recommendation, you make a recommendation, this type of thing. But we have to start supporting ourselves because we are still the majority we are the majority. And I agree with everything you just said, Dennis, except, uh, sorry, no, I do agree with all of it. But there's one point that I want to bring attention to, and that is that we don't need them whatsoever for anything. But they will not leave us alone. They just won't. It's like a, a schoolyard bully. He will not stop until you flatten his face. In this case, we've got to go a little further with the Jewish community. But that's the you know, the mm-hmm. basic reality of it. They won't leave us alone. Yeah, There's no but, doubt we need them. They need us, actually. Of course. And so until people get they they won't stop until they fear us. I still think we need to go further and stop this once and for all. But uh, hopefully people get a greater understanding of that in 2021. Well, we can do it with noncompliance. Um, we do pay them taxes, Lonnie. We do pay property tax. We do pay income tax. Stop. Stop paying it. Why are we paying our enemy? They couldn't They couldn't work without our money, but yet we continue to give it to them. I know that's really... Uh, I'm, on your, <laughs> I'm on the same team you are. I don't pay any of that. Good, good. Well, I do pay. Actually, 
I will be totally honest. I do pay. I don't pay. My wife pays property tax because we had a we had a contract and I won't break that contract um, that you've caused enough trouble, Graham. Um, I'm going to pay this. I don't want any more trouble. And I thought, well, what can I do? The lady is we've been together since he was 16. And here I am at 69 and retired and supposed to be slowing down and enjoying life. I mean, I'm in the biggest bloody war of my life and uh, I'm not going to cause her too much trouble. Uh, and she says that if other people will do this, I'll do the same. She said, well, why have I always got to be the first? Which she's got a point. She's got a point. But I would like to see people just stop complying, stop paying your property tax. And then when you get here, when they send you your bill, return to sender all rights reserved. I know it sounds easy, but if we could get people to do that, then we could do it without uh, any bloodshed. If we just non-comply, as Dennis was saying, we need to build our own communities. We don't need these people. They keep sticking their noses into our lives. Get out! Yeah, like I said, they need us. I, I do not pay property taxes, and I do not pay income tax, and I've Brilliant. literally taunted them and said, try to come after me. I Brilliant. swear to God. And I, uh, I just will not back down on this nonsense. And so far, I've achieved it. Now, I go about it a little bit different way than you do, but the end result's the same. And uh, we're definitely on the same team. We, we need to start resisting this stuff in any way we can. I would like it to be without bloodshed. Yes. I really would. But we'll see how that unfolds um, because, again, they won't leave us alone. But anyway, I don't want to take up all the time, gentlemen. I really enjoy uh, listening to, to you two guys and Bryzer, some of my favorites out there. And, again, a true honor to be uh, in this fight with gentlemen like yourselves. And uh, Merry Christmas to both of you Thank and your you, family. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. Thanks Thank so you, much. Lonnie. All right. Take care. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. Yeah. You know, I think we've got some of the best callers in the business. Seriously. Well, Lonnie's certainly I, one of my yeah. favorites, that's for sure, Dennis. Yeah, I think you we've know, got a the great... Man. Yeah. I agree. I mean, he's, really, uh, he's hardcore, he's, as we say, but... Uh, yeah, he's hardcore. We need more hardcore. Lose the fear, folks. Lose the fear. You know, but if you look you at what's happened out there historically, like what's happened to Rhodesia, which has been in the news a lot lately, what's going on down in South Africa, uh, what's going on in really Europe, uh, certain areas of Europe, uh, hardcore makes sense. It actually makes sense. I can't think what else we can do. I don't. I don't want to go uh, with bloodshed. You know, but if that's what it's going to take, let's get it done. Yeah, I, you know, and everybody, we all don't want to do it. Let's be honest. But once we're committed yeah. to it, it's done. That's the that's the scary well, I'm, part. I'm, no, I'm not armed, George. Uh, you're in the chat. I wish I was. Have it. If anyone in the uh, chat room or any listeners want to send me a gun, that would be nice. <laughs> you know, what's funny, too, is I'm actually working with some of the bigger importers of guns here to Saudi Arabia. and uh, not. I don't feel safe anymore, Dennis. Yeah, exactly. Nobody has guns. I mean, there's a lot of guns here in Saudi Arabia. But you know what? Guys, our society here, whether you like it or not, it's safe. It is, it's safe. You don't worry. You don't go out. You're not thinking that this guy over there is going to jump you or something. This is not even in the cards here. It's not in the cards where I'm at in the Philippines. You know, there is a case where, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I missed your call. You can call right back in if you want there at the 804 area code. But, you know, the, gov- the, the mayor of the town where I live was assassinated a couple of weeks ago. You know, so it's not perfectly yes, right. safe. 
But we don't know the politics. I asked why, and she said, just politics. So we don't know what happened politically to make that go down. My, my best, one of my best friends was assassinated in the Philippines. See, and guys, what I'm trying to tell you is, and I was almost assassinated. And guys, what I'm trying to say is that some of us really do take risks. And we're not asking for any favors. We're not asking for anything. But we're already taking risks. And we've already taken risks. And more risks than you can even imagine. So if you're going to sit there and be safe at your home and comfortable and just listen and not do anything, then what can we do for you equally? It takes action. You just can't stay on the phone all day or on the Internet and think you're going to get things done. you got to get out there. Life is for those who get things done. And the future belongs to those who commit and make it happen. Bottom line. And you don't have to make your own group. Who's to no join? Some, work with some of these organizations that are out there, or just be part of a loose aggregation. You know, some type of what do you call this? A flash mob somewhere. Like you talk about the pitchforks, Graham. I was thinking the same thing in a dream the other day. We should have four hundred people go to city hall with first pitchfork signs. Just to send the message yes. because the message is important. Just hold up the signs with a bunch of pitchforks. Let them get the message. They say, well, we're not, we can't be condoning violence. Why, why not? You're doing committing violence against us now by closing our businesses, by keeping us locked down. What is essentially house arrest. You're committing violence against us. Don't lecture us about not committing violence anymore because we're not going to stand for communism. it. It is communism. Or communitarianism, if I was going to be uh, absolutely correct. Either way, it's got the com in there. Okay, C-O-M-M-U. Yeah. Whether it's communist okay, or communitarian, it it's the same thing. Yeah, we're living in that now. This is communism that we're living in now. We can't move, everything's shut. We're, no singing. I'm in a, no singing a break. in church. Well, that, why don't you just declare the um, new Jehovah's Witness? I remember that was Jehovah's Witnesses. What, we're being ruled by Jehovah's Witnesses now? No singing, no celebration in church. <laughs> is that the, what you Yes, feels? yes. They don't believe in singing or celebrating, no birthday parties, nothing. Crazy. So, okay, what? You just got, we're getting overtaken by the Jehovah's Witness. And for all we know, there's a bunch of Jehovah Witnesses actually in these groups doing what they're doing. And that's why they're saying it, because they're Jehovah Witnesses. They don't believe in singing. They don't believe in celebrating. They don't believe in gift giving. So you don't know where the, the politics are because you're not involved, but you have to get involved. The fact of the matter is, folks, we have to take back the power. We're already the majority. And we have it. And, but we don't have the power. We have the power. But we're the majority. So you have to take it. It's not going to be given to you. It's clearly they're taking it now. Look what's going on in America. I swear, no Democrat wins in California. It's all fraud. Who's going to vote for these nutcases? They're so stupid. Half of these black women in our congresses throughout America, they're some of the biggest dunces I've ever seen. They can barely construe a couple words together and make any sense, and yet they're running our countries for us. Uh, people have to get involved, Graham. That's the problem. And again, it's not something I've, you've been involved. You've, you, you've been there, done that, been arrested. You know what I mean. Yeah, sure. But I, I, I'm happy working on my own. Um, Even still, I I you're involved, be, though. 
You don't have yes. to get involved. Yes. You have to be involved. That's all. Just get involved. Yeah. Yeah. I pretty much, I like working on my own. I, I think that's why I became a solo artist. No one will work with me because it's got to be done my way mm. or it does, doesn't get done, you know. I mean, I just like to be in charge of my own destiny. So this thing about taking on the Jews here now in my little uh, world, uh, you caused me a lot of problems. I'm getting you back. I, I don't mind a couple of They've caused their entire nations, and it's time they all get taken back. All right, Graham, thanks exactly. so much for filling in for a very Merry Christmas Eve show. Thanks so much. Merry Christmas, man. Always a pleasure, Dennis, and a Merry Christmas and a prosperous New Year to everyone listening. All right, everybody. Thank That's the so show. Much. See you Saturday, Inside the Eye Live, 10 o'clock a.m. right here. Good night.